It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to another episode of Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson. I am working as a minister with the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. And at the close of the lesson this evening, I'm going to offer you a formal invitation to visit. But be that as it may, I hope you keep that in mind. If you're ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, you will look us up. We're just north of Kansas City on I-35, about a 30-minute drive. And so if you're ever in the area, yes, please, please look us up. You'd be our honored guest. Yeah, Gospel Preaching Live is a work of the church, and we meet at uh, 9.30 for Bible study, Sunday morning, 10.30 for worship. And if you ever have any questions regarding this work, you can call or text me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Or you can email, oh, keep in mind I'm in the Central Time Zone, please. And you can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. That's gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Now, there are those who watch on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, feel free to give us a like if you agree with the lesson and uh, leave a comment in the comment section. Maybe you have a suggestion for a lesson you want to hear or some type of uh, constructive criticism. doesn't matter what it may be. We do monitor that, and we'd love to hear from you. And uh, help us to spread this message all over the world. So help us to, to share this, if you would. We very much appreciate that. Gospel Preaching Live comes, Lord willing, on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. Central Time and Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. Central Time. And so welcome. Again, we hope you enjoy the message, and uh, we pray that uh, you'll find it to be uplifting. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the abuse of tolerance. Uh, tolerance is something that uh, in our country, in my lifetime, I've seen us abuse it. And uh, we have become more and more, um, I guess uh, it's, it's just become a part, it's hard to pick words for this, but it, it's just become a um, part of our vocabulary to say we have to be more tolerant of other people. Now, the Bible says we should be tolerant of some, and then sometimes it says we shouldn't. And so I thought we would try to look at both of what the Bible teaches about being tolerant and what it doesn't teach about being tolerant, and then some of the abuses that can come from that. And so maybe we can be a little bit better prepared not to fall into this trap that so many people uh, fall into when... Uh, people who are supposed to be uh, the uh, educated elite start telling us we have to be tolerant with other people. Now, in Ezra chapter 3 and verse 12 through 13, uh, this is a chapter where they're dealing with the, uh, the Israelites coming back from uh, Babylon. Of course, Babylon got conquered by Assyria, and, and Cyrus had, uh, of uh, uh, Persia, the Persians, he had released the Israelites to come back and start rebuilding the temple. <coughs> uh, now, 
what got Israel there to begin with? Because everything was going great. When Solomon built the temple, it was a magnificent structure. And it was at the height of Israel's uh, uh, glory years, I guess you could say. Uh, they, they, were, they were something to behold. And, uh, of course, they, they started becoming tolerant of evil. And we read about this in 2 Chronicles chapter 36. And I'm going to read this because this, this gives you the reason why the Israelites got uh, carried off into Babylon. Now, remember, when, when Jerusalem was captured, uh, Solomon's temple was destroyed. And that was something that was des- that's, that's, that was something to uh, hurt the Israelites. But it says the Lord in verse 15. The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. In other words, he was sending on preachers, prophets. Verse 16, but they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his words and scoffing at his prophets until the wrath of the Lord rose against his people until there was no remedy. And then, of course, it goes on talking about uh, how Jerusalem was captured and burned. And so... It's a, a sad thing to, to see what took place, but part of the problem that the uh, Israelites had was their, their tolerance of evil in their life and uh, not allowing these prophets to be able to make corrections. And, and so we have to learn from this. Now, why am I even bringing this up? Well, because in Ezra chapter 3 and verse 12 through 13, once they were released from uh, uh, captivity. The Israelites came back and they were allowed to rebuild the wall and they were allowed to rebuild the temple. And it says they laid the foundation of the new temple uh, upon the Temple Mount where Solomon's temple had been. And I want to read this to you and I want you to notice something that takes place because it's a point that I believe applies Uh, even in my life today, it says many of the priests and Levites and head of the father's houses, old men who had seen the first house wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid, though many shouted aloud for joy so that people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout and the sound was heard far away. And so what he's saying is, those who had seen Solomon's temple and the grandeur of it, uh, they knew this was just, this was much smaller. And they weren't going to see that same temple again. And that caused them to cry. And then, of course, those who were younger who hadn't seen it, they thought this was fantastic. And they were rejoicing. They, they just didn't know anything better. And it's always a hard thing when you know something better to see something regress. You know, my father used to tell me when I was a young man, it's always easy going up the ladder. It's always harder coming down the ladder. And I think that's true. Now, why do I even bring up that point? Well, because in my lifetime, when I was younger, it was a totally different world compared to the world we have today. The, the world we have today is so much different. Uh, I, I lived in a world where we didn't have to worry about trick-or-treating. Uh, we would get on our bicycles and hit neighborhoods. I mean, 
we just went everywhere without our parents. Nobody was ever concerned about it. We weren't the only ones. Everybody in the neighborhood was like that. You didn't see parents out walking their kids. It was the kids going around from house to house. And, and, and you just didn't think twice about it. It was a different time, different place. And there was a, uh, a respect that men had for other people. And, and things meant something different at that time. My father was a, a home builder. And I can remember him signing a contract with a man who wanted to buy one of the houses he was building. Uh, they signed it on a scrap piece of lumber. They just grabbed a piece of board and drew up a contract right there on the spot. And they both signed it. They took it to the title company and the title company closed it. That's all it took. They both respected that board that they signed. They shook hands on it. They respected it. And nowadays, whenever you try to sell real estate, I mean, you're just, it seems like you're signing and signing and signing. That's just page after page after page. And that's because you can't trust anybody. Uh, but there was a lot more trust back then. It was a, a different time, a different place. Some things were harder, but all in all, though, the quality of life, you know, with the morality of the, the people was better. And uh, you didn't have, for instance, children so confused thinking that they were a boy or a girl. Everybody knew what sex they were. Everybody knew their gender. And they didn't think that they were some type of animal. I mean, that was just, you didn't have that. But uh, today we do. There's a lot of confusion with people. And so why did this take place? There's a lot of reasons why. One of the reasons that I want to address is this tolerance. This tolerance of evil that I have been talking about. Uh, many times uh, we have been encouraged as a society to tolerate this type of uh, behavior in other people. And we have to understand there's a time to do that, but we also have to understand that uh, if God says that, that time's up, we have to respect God's will over everything else. Uh, for instance, um, as we're going to talk about bringing justice to the wrongdoer, uh, the government cannot be tolerant when God has declared justice. And so when we're talking about tolerance, tolerance to define it is the ability or willingness to tolerate. Remember that tolerate something in particular, the existence of opinions or behavior that one does not necessarily agree with. And if we define tolerate is to allow or to be or to be done without prohibition, hindrance or contradiction. Now in the Bible, as I said at the beginning, we see examples of both. Now, this is a good example of being tolerant in Acts chapter 5, verse 38 through 39. And, and there's a reason behind that. The uh, apostles had had to appear before the Jewish council, and the, the council was upset with them. But there was a smart man named Gamal who, who spoke up. And, and notice what he said in verse 38. He said, so in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. He's talking about being tolerant. For if this plan or this undertaking is a man, it will fail. But it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God's will. And so they took his advice. In other words, he was saying, be tolerant. Be more tolerant of them. 
because the advice was if they truly are preaching, if this is God's work, you can't stop them. But, you know, if it's just a work of man, it'll go away. And so this is a good example, I think, of, of tolerance. And uh, uh, luckily for the apostles, um, they, they listened to it at the present time. They didn't continue to listen to it, but at that present time, they did listen to it. Now, in Revelations chapter 2 and verse 20, uh, we have the church at Thyatira. They were being rebuked by Jesus because they were being tolerant of one whom they had no authority to be tolerant of. He says, I have this against you, church of Thyatira, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. Okay, these are things that the Lord condemned and uh, the sexual immorality part. And so, uh, and eating food sacrificed to idols, as we see in Romans chapter 14, it would be wrong if someone had a conscience toward it. And so there might have been some who had that uh, conscience toward it, but they were being uh, coerced into eating food sacrificed to idols. But needless to say, she shouldn't have been tolerated but yet she was being tolerated. And I'm just using this as an example to show you that uh, being tolerant can be good in some cases, and in some cases it can be bad. And what I want to focus on is the abuse of tolerance. And uh, and, and three separate points, I want to talk about it being in the church uh, uh, and in the family and in the government, and to show you that if we are tolerant of evil, as the Israelites were tolerant of evil, then as it led to their destruction, it can lead to our destruction as well. And so we can't always listen to the uh, uh, educated elite who try to say that we need to be more tolerant of others. Uh, tolerance is not always the answer because sometimes you don't have the authority to be tolerant. And so when you abuse that, that's going to lead to trouble. The same type of trouble, as I said, they got the Israelites uh, carried off into Babylon. And so my first point being uh, showing the abuse of tolerance, and I want to talk about the church, because if you're tolerant in the church, that's a bad thing. As we just saw with the Church of Thyatira, they were being tolerant of Jezebel. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, he starts off rebuking them because they were being tolerant of a man who had his father's wife. And, and that's, that's never a good thing. But he starts summing this up. It wasn't just that sin that Paul was trying to address. He was trying to address being tolerant toward all sin. And, and he kind of sums this up in verse 11 through 13. He says, I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of a brother. <clears throat> so we're not talking about those outside of Christ. We're talking about those who are, are part of the church. And he says, if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed, or is an idolater, a reviler, a drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such one, for what have I to do with judging others? outsiders, I'm sorry. What have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside who judge the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. 
He says, purge the evil person from among you. <clears throat> so what he's talking about is, is withdrawing fellowship. And there is a reason for this. You remember the story of Lot, how Abraham told Lot to uh, choose which way he was going to go with him, his herdsmen and his herds, uh, and, and to, to live uh, because there was strife between their herdsmen. And Abraham thought it would be good if they separated. And so Lot pitched his eyes towards Sodom, and he chose to go that way. And, of course, if we remember the rest of the story, we know what happened to Sodom and Gomorrah, and we know how that had influence with Lot. Well, likewise, if we tolerate evil, uh, then it, it can be bad for us. First <clears throat> Corinthians 5, 6 tells us why the Lord wants us to withdraw from those who don't repent. He says, your boasting's not good. He says, do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? And he's comparing it to bread. You put a little yeast in dough, and you don't need a lot, but you put a little yeast in, 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 in yeast and dough, and then it, it'll cause the whole loaf to, to uh, expand. And so likewise, if we are tolerant of evil in the church, it can cause the whole church to become corrupt. And so we have to be aware. That's, that's what the Lord's teaching is on this. We have to respect that. All too often, you will see people who will say, oh, we have to love that brother and be tolerant of him as he tries to learn. In some cases, I can see being tolerant as someone learns uh, God's will, but not sin. Sin needs to be rebuked. And so with sin, we have to follow the Lord's instructions. We don't have a choice. God has made it very clear what we have to do. And so tolerance, being tolerance towards sin in the church is not an option. And if someone wants to redefine love to make it mean something that they want it to mean, well, again, that's, that's error. We have to define love the way the Lord defined love. And in this case, if we withdraw from a brother who is walking astray and won't repent, then that is our execution of brotherly love. And I don't expect everyone to understand that, but I understand it by faith. God said it, so I believe it, and that's what, we're, that's what we have to do. Uh, that's what the Lord wants us to do. Now, there's another aspect of the church that we got to address, because many times today there are people who want preachers who don't teach everything that they know to be the truth. And, uh, and in fact, they preach a, a lukewarm gospel, and, and that's never good. Uh, that goes against what Ezekiel was told as, an, as a watchman for Israel, and that goes against also the application where Paul tried to follow the same example that Ezekiel set forth. And in Acts chapter 20, when he said, I have not shunned from declaring to you all the counsel of God. Uh, he, his hands were free from the blood of all men because of that. Well, a preacher has to be willing to preach all of God's will. Second Timothy 4, 1 through 4, Paul, tell, tell Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season 
and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching. But having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. That is exactly what God Israel carried off into Babylon. And so as a preacher, we can't allow that to happen. We can't allow those people who want to uh, uh, tempt us to withhold certain teachings of the gospel. Uh, we, we can't do that. We have to be willing to tell them what they need to hear. And if they don't like it, then they don't like it. And if they get rid of you, then they get rid of you. But that is what a, a preacher is charged to do. And so we, as uh, the Lord's people, cannot be tolerant of preachers who are disposed to doing this. They, We have to be willing to oppose that type of preaching because that's not going to do anything good. That's that's going to hurt souls instead of helping them. Hey, let's talk about the family because the family is something that's definitely changed in my lifetime. And uh, a lot of that has to do with, again, tolerance. And uh, Ephesians chapter 6, for instance, in verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. They have to obey the parents. And so that's what the Lord expects um, children to be doing. Now, also in Proverbs 29 and verse 15, it tells us what to do with children who don't obey. It says, a rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. And we've seen lots of that recently. Children who have been left to themselves, they have not uh, received any discipline whatsoever. And uh, so they, they really don't know what to do. They're they're, uh, they've just been left to themselves, and they've shamed their mother. Uh, this, Why is that? Well, because there was a lot of people teaching that we shouldn't be spanking our children. And, uh, of course, you know the Bible makes it very clear. You spoil the rod, spare the rod, you will spoil the child. And uh, the rod and reproof give wisdom. There's times for discipline, and uh, a, a parent has to be willing to discipline their child in order to be able to teach them. He says in Ephesians 6 and verse 4, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Uh, the, the rod is definitely uh, part of the Lord's discipline, and that's going to drive the foolishness out of the child. And these people who are trying to teach that uh, uh, you shouldn't spank or have any type of uh, discipline with your children, that that's actually abuse. Uh, you need to be more tolerant. No, no. God's word teaches against that. And so we can see a parent does not have the authority to uh, extend tolerance in the way that many people who are supposed experts in raising children are espousing today. We have to be willing uh, to... Uh, raise our children the way the Lord has taught us in the Bible. Uh, that's how we need to be willing to do this. Now, also, likewise, you can see many uh, problems with marriage today. A lot of people aren't even getting married anymore. Uh, they're just living together, which is sinful. But uh, 
you know, it's, it's really sad to see how we have treated our wives and our wives have treated our husbands. That's not what the Bible commands. Ephesians 5.33 says, let each one of you love his wife as himself. That's how deep the love is. And then let the wife see that she respects her husband. And, and so she needs to show respect for her husband, and he needs to love her as himself. Uh, all too often, again, there's a whole different situation that develops between the husband and wife. And they say, well, it works for us. No, no, it doesn't work. This is the only way it's going to work. And, uh, you know, the, the, the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, and the wife has to respect his authority. And, and that's, that's the only way it can work. And so anything else that somebody tries to come up with, well, that's just, um, that's, that's just foolishness. And again, that's being tolerant of a new idea that we shouldn't be tolerant of. Uh, and again, it's the same situation that got uh, Israel carried off into Babylon. So there's been problems in the family relationship because of the abuse of tolerance. And uh, just like we've seen problems in the church because of the abuse of tolerance. And now I want to talk about the government because there has been a lot of problems in the government because of the abuse of tolerance. And uh, you see some people uh, going to jail who commit serious crimes for very little time. And uh, it's, a, it's a sad, sad thing. Uh, I want you to look at 1 Peter chapter 2, a couple of verses. 1 Peter 2, then we'll go to Romans 13. But 1 Peter 2, 13 and 14 tells the Christian to be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be the emperor is supreme or to governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. Now, I want you to think about that. They are to punish those who do evil. Well, who defines what's evil? Who's to define that if it's not God? I mean, they, they are being sent by God. So I mean, God has to be the one who defines evil. And how does God define evil? Through the scriptures. And so we can see then that the government needs to use the Bible to find out what is right and what is wrong. If they don't use that standard, again, they're being tolerant of a bad idea. And that's what's got our government into trouble in the first place. We have a, 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 a very skewed system of justice in this country because of this. Romans 13, 1 through 4 address this as well. It says, let every person be subject to the governing authorities, for there's no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Therefore, whoever resists the authorities resists what God has appointed, and those who resist will incur judgment, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad. Would you have no fear of the one who is in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval, for he is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for he does not bear the sword in vain, for he is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. <clears throat> Notice what he just said. God has sent him. And his point, his whole purpose is to be an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. We need to remember that. And again, how is he supposed to define what's wrong? By the scriptures. 
Anything else, again, you're being tolerant of a false standard of authority. Isaiah 5 and verse 20 talked about the Israelites doing this. He said, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, and who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You see, we got to be careful about that. Uh, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, because I've seen in my lifetime the government doing just that, calling good evil and evil good, and that's a a sad, sad thing. Uh, Jeremiah 18 and uh, verses 11 through 12, the prophet Jeremiah, speaking for the Lord, said, Say to the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, Thus says the Lord, Behold, I am shaping disaster against you, devising a plan against you. Return every one of you from his evil way. Amend your ways and your deeds. But they say that is that is vain. We will follow our own plans, and will every one act according to the stubbornness of his evil heart. In other words, uh, he's telling you again that we're going to be tolerant uh, of our ways, but we're not going to accept the Lord's ways. And again, that's that's why they got carried off into Babylon, and that will destroy us as well if we display that same type of abuse. So anyway, there's your lesson. I hope you've enjoyed it, and I hope it's been beneficial to you, and I hope you will take the opportunity to Think about the abuses of tolerance and other aspects of our lives because that can be abused. Tolerance is not only always a good thing. Hey, like I said at the beginning of the lesson, here's your formal invitation to come see us. We are at 406 North Clark, Kearney, Missouri Church of Christ. Again, we meet at 9.30 Sunday morning at Central Time and 10.30 for worship. And you can learn all about the church by going to kearneychurch.com. If you like this lesson, you want to hear more like it, tune in to KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. and you'll hear a lesson from God's Word. If you live outside the Kearney area and can't pick up the radio signal, don't worry. You can download their app on your phone and you can uh, listen no matter where you're at. Uh, just go ahead and download that app and, and you'll be able to pick up the uh, uh, radio signal at 7 a.m. Sunday morning. Uh, Brian Spirits is an internet show I'm a part of with two other preachers where we get together every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central Time. And on Facebook and YouTube, we try to study God's Word as the Brians in Acts chapter 17. A different topic every week. And uh, we try to uh, uh, include those who are also on Facebook and YouTube as they leave comments in the comment section. We try to use them in our, our studies. And if you'd like to be a part of that, Go to carneychurch.com, press on the Brian Spirits app, and uh, you can be a part of that. Every Again, every Thursday morning, 10 a.m. Central Time, past episodes are left up on Facebook and YouTube, but it's also put in podcast form, and you can see them on Spotify as well as Gospel Preaching Live. This is also put on Spotify as well, Google Podcast. So, Okay, that's all I have for you today. Uh, Lord willing, I'll come to you again this Thursday at 7 p.m., Remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com. This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.